This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. everybody to forever bristol city podcast we've got a full house in today there's neil and tom sutton the pair of them uh mark and ian uh we're coming into this uh live podcast recording at nine o'clock on sunday morning so we've had a chance to reflect on yesterday's seventh side derby which was an abysmal performance a poor result three defeats on the spin now it finished city nil cardiff city won. um I was awake at half past four this morning and I couldn't get back to sleep because I was just thinking what to say about it and not only the game, but just the whole thing in general at the moment. And it's depressing. I've come home from two home games and I watched the Sheffield Wednesday game online and just thoroughly depressed, totally and utterly depressed. And there's far more important things in life to be depressed about than Bristol City. But when you've been going 57 years, as it will be for me this month, you know, it does become a big part of your life. And I I just feel totally demoralised by the whole thing, as I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, I come to each of you, uh, we, we go into the game, and then obviously there's not going to be too much on the game today. It's going to be more about the repercussions and, and what have you, or the balance of the season. Big game coming up on Tuesday. But I just want literally from each of you 30 seconds on your immediate thoughts as you walked away from Ashton Gate. I'll start with you first, Tom. Uh, really poor again. There was no improvement through the last three games. Now I'm getting really sick of the fact that Manning complained about training time on the pitch. He's had now three weeks of playing a similar side, uh, style of team, a team that had sit back and from the QPR game to the Cardiff game, was there any improvement in the way that we progressed the ball, the way that we moved the ball? There was, you've had nearly a month of playing the same style team that will sit back, let you off the ball, and there's been zero improvement. So, again, just utterly frustrated coming away from that yesterday. Okay. Ian, 30 seconds. Incredibly disappointed. Terrible. It wasn't as bad a performance as Sheffield Wednesday, but that's a low bar. Uh, it was probably better than the QPR game. Uh, but what I was struck with. It, over the three games is our inability to perform in the final third. We had enough of the ball. We had enough possession. We had enough crosses. Um, we won our duels yesterday. Um, but the end product, the quality element in the final third is absent. And that's the thing 
that um what you say he has to work on yeah he's had a couple of weeks on the training ground i won't get too exercised about that because he's probably only been working with two-thirds of the squad but i still say sorry no go on i, I, I still i still say that a lot of this is down to the players i mean we were okay yesterday up until we dominated the game up until the final third we defend okay. well enough all right so so that that's the thing for me he needs to he, for me he needs to go back to basics and if you're saying to me can he improve this squad beyond all measure the answer is no and you're going to get more of this before the end of the season so if it's that bad and it's affecting your mental health my advice would be don't go um and uh perhaps the perhaps the board of fire him well they're calling for it yeah yeah for, mark, well, i don't think thoughts. they will but fans are calling for it so yeah let's fire him okay mark your thoughts um this is exactly what i said at the end of the podcast last week that we're going to get more games like sheffield wednesday because city just cannot break down teams that defend in depth there were three lines of defenders yesterday and we lack confidence in that final third, when we did have opportunities and got through their press, the next ball was poor and, and the players failed to show any quality or inspiration to take on players. I think I count Mimetti and maybe Roberts once or twice taking players on going down the side. We didn't get behind them. We had we had one of a couple of a couple of uh, shots that troubled the keeper and that was it. That's yeah. the problem. And we've got the same problem that we've had since we came back into the championship. We only, I mean, the most most home wins we've we've had in a season is eleven, and it's been we've been stuck on eight in the rest of those seasons or seven. So it's the same problem. Can't create in the centre of the pitch, and the players aren't able to do that. Uh, when they they just lack the means to be able to, to deliver anything. Changing the strikers won't any, do anything. Okay. You could change the manager, but what difference is that going to make if the players at their disposal well, aren't, say, aren't good we, enough in we the We were told that, that the players were good enough. And well, in this situation... Manager, there was they, a manager that was yeah. needed that could take the players to a level that they were capable of, and it was the players that were underperforming. I mean, the, the manager seems to have thrown the players under the bus a little bit. Nigel Pearson did that occasionally. We can't say he didn't. Ian's saying it's down to the players. What were your thoughts walking away yesterday, Neil? This has been coming. I don't, I don't understand why we turn around as a club and are talking about the last three games. Since Boxing Day, we are 23rd in form in the division. Only Rotherham are worse than us in the division. We're talking about... The last 11 games, 1-2, drawn three, lost six. Only nine goals scored in those 11 games. 13 conceded. People have been sleepwalking because of the cup games. Our league form since that Watford game away has been exceedingly poor. The games, anybody who's gone to these games has seen it. And now what we're seeing on the pitch is the players turning on each other. Yesterday was a good example. A lot of bickering, a lot of finger pointing, a lot of errors. The moment Cardiff scored, Cardiff celebrated because they knew we weren't going to get back into the game. And you looked at the body language and the demeanour of the players and they knew we weren't going to get back into the game. Thomas and I went up to Sheffield Wednesday and sat, stood on the Leppings Lane end last weekend. 
I saw no improvement yesterday. I'm sorry. We're talking about a low bar with Cardiff. Cardiff set out. They knew they were just going to hit us at set pieces. They've got 16 goals and set pieces. They knew as soon as we had corners, they would do us. And that was their they first corner. Was yeah. They knew they were going to do it. And in fact, O'Dowder, when he came on in true O'Dowder fashion, had a free header to make it 2-0 about five minutes afterwards. We're talking about a manager here who did not... We conceded in the 66th minute. We had 30 minutes to effect a change. He didn't do anything. We didn't change the formation. Did he swap Mometi over with Sykes? Did he do anything different? No, he didn't. And then what he did is, like in the 82nd minute, did a triple sub. Brilliant. What do you do for the other 16 minutes? Just watch and expect okay. things to actually change? No, that, that's right. I mean, let's look at the, the lineup. I mean, we and I, I raised an eyebrow earlier, and I'm going to come to each of you about the lineup when you said two thirds of the squad missing, and it's all about injuries as well. And let's look at the injured list, right? These are the injured players Tanner, James, Bell, Naismith, Atkinson, Benarus, and Twine. Everybody in agreement with that? Yeah. yeah. I haven't left anybody out. Right? Well, I think For there was me, seven out. Seven, that's right. Seven out. For me, right, you can't include Benarus on that because he hasn't played for two years. Atkinson hasn't played for a year. And Naismith has got a less than 50% availability rate overall. If fit, <clears throat> Twine plays. No question. Right? If fit, Tanner, James and Bell, those three, probably the only definite starter is Matty James. Yeah, because Bell's been swapped with Mometi a few times. Tanner's been swapped with McCrory. So, you know, this, oh, it's all about injuries and tough luck. And even you said, Ian, that Nigel had injuries. And Nigel had a more makeshift side in his last game, which also happened to be against Cardiff, than we did. Tom, looking yeah. at the, the lineup, uh, you first, Tom, looking at the lineup, McCrory, Viner, Dickie, Roberts, it's decent back four. Yeah. And that's not where the problem is. It's everything in front. It's the it's the six in front, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I don't. I think it highlights the lack of pace we have in the whole squad. The fact we're playing Gardner Hickman out wide shows to me that we are just like I'm not sure what to do. He, he's just trying things now. He's tried Sykes on the left and he tried Gardner Hickman on the right, and then he brings on Mametti and he doesn't swap Sykes and Mametti over, even mm. though they're both better on the other side. And mm. I thought, what what's the reason for this? Matty's great sometimes at taking people 1v1. Mm. Didn't do that at all yesterday because he's on the wrong side. Mm. Sykes is better playing on the right where he can rip the balls in. We talk about the crossing quality. Sykes has got a few assists and cutting the ball back. Mm. But yet we leave him out on the left. Now, the only, I think this highlights where John Lansdowne, I'm going to call it out here, completely lied about being a top six squad. Because if we're under the influence, the impression, sorry, that we're a top six squad, and you only bring Twine in to affect the here and now for the rest of six months in January. We made five sign-ins. Yeah. Josh Stokes for next season. Max Bird for next season. Dive Mabude is 19 with three senior appearances. Scott Twine was the only one bought in for here and now. Yeah. Now, if that highlights where you are and you think, right, okay, we're a top six squad, and yet you bring Scott Twine in and he makes no impact. Like he played one game, got injured. It's an unfortunate injury. I don't fall out with the fact of signing him. I thought it was good signing. But that shows a complete lack of quality, that mm. we are completely reliant on Scott Twine to break teams down. Yeah. No one can play the role that he was brought in to do. I mean, Ian, looking at that starting lineup, if Twine's fit, which he isn't, but if he is, 
where does he feature in that lineup? Because to me, you know, he chose to leave Pring on the bench, who's so say one of our saleable assets, and he put Roberts in, which suggests to me that Pring isn't 100% match fit, or he went on the naughty step for a poor performance against Sheffield Wednesday last week. For you, Ian, where does Twine go in that starting 11? Because we're all in agreement that he is a starter if he's fit. And, you know, the, the, the marquee signing, if you like, in the window, because as, as Tom's just said, the rest mm -hmm. of them are for tomorrow or whatever, or inexperienced in Mabude's case. The, Ian, Twine, where's, who does he replace? Twine plays, plays as a 10 for me in the middle, um, and Knight goes to an 8, um, because I don't think Knight's a 10. I think he's high energy 8, and then you'd see the best out of him. Uh, I disagree with you on the players you mentioned. Twine would play. Tanner would make a difference. He's he's probably been our best defender. Yeah. Um, certainly recently, and he's certainly the best one-on-one -on -one defender. And I think we see now the difference that Sam Bell made. And people have been critical of Sam. <clears throat> but I, I think Sam is better in that left position. Certainly, I mean, I don't know what he was doing playing Mark Sykes there. And when... He made one of the substitutions. I thought, right, now he's going to move Sykes over to the left and he'll stick Mimetti uh, over to the right and he'll stick Mimetti on the left. And we still went the same way. Now, that is annoying because Mimetti's played on the left pretty much all the time since he's been here. You can argue, although I mean, we were saying the other week on the pod how effective he's been. Was he got one, one goal in 50 or something like that? So I'm not... Um, I don't think you, as I said earlier on, you won't get a better tune out of this squad. So the the object exercise is, how do you do it? You're, you're right, Tom. John Lansdowne gave Manny in a self-hanging kit when he said, well, I, I think if if we've got, we're what did he say, top half wage bill, which is true when you looked at the accounts. And then you said, then he said, man, we could get to the top six. If every single player at the club was fit, yeah, we've beaten top six sides, but we're totally inconsistent. And we've been inconsistent for years. Well, that's it. Let me, let me come to Mark. Man, man, look, let me finish. Manning hasn't made us inconsistent. We, we've got, he inherited an inconsistent, injury-prone squad. The same as Nigel Pearson had. Yeah, that's fair. Right? And he hasn't, and there isn't a single, if, if you want to call Gardner Rickman a Manning signing, because Manning was the manager when he signed permanently, right? Then call him one Liam Manning signing. Now, you've got to make, and I'll, I'll say this and I'll shut up. You, The board now have to make a decision. <clears throat> they made the change. Fair enough, I support, excuse me. <clears throat> Fair enough, I supported that, all right? I could see why a change was needed. They think they've got the right man. They got him, his assistant. They brought in a coach scout whose name I always forget. James Krause. So, sorry, Steve. James Krause. Prince. Um, he was right. Okay. So they, they brought the three of them in. They paid compensation for all of them because they were all at Oxford. Um. And on top of that, they're, they've signed them on three and a half year deals. So they make a decision and they say, right, we this bloke's not doing it. We got it all wrong. Get him out. And another manager comes in 
and you're then banking on that manager getting a tune out of a squad consistently that Pearson couldn't and we're and oh, we're now saying Manning couldn't now this thing about let me just tackle another thing Dave and I right, know, yeah, let, me just, let me just move on because I want to get into we, the game we can't say we about... can't well you sorry you can't say with Liam Manning well I've heard people saying he's out of his depth right now on the 13th of February we beat Southampton all right, Ian, was he, out, he must have been out of his depth then as well, no, and he won the game previously against West Ham. Let me stop. Let me stop you. No, but so, so when people say he's out of his depth now, he's not out of his depth. I admit he must be struggling because of the way the side's playing. He must be pulling his air out. Well, the summit not right. Depth. The summit not right. Okay, let's move I, on. Yeah, got, I think it, I think it's too hard to say he's out of his depth. I want to talk about the game. Okay. All right, Mark. Um, you know the the lineup. Let's. We talked about the city lineup. Cardiff, you know, mid-table, you know, the, 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 what, I mean, no, Adaudo was coming back, Fan was on the bench, nothing sort of side. I thought they were, pardon my language, piss poor Cardiff. And that's what made the first half even more annoying because they were doing as many misplaced passes as us, weren't they? But yeah, well, lineup, all they wanted you know, to do was, all they wanted to do was contain. I mean, they got 39 goals and Perry NG scored the winner. That, that He's their top scorer with six. So yeah. they, I mean, they 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 moved us down to I think the fifth the fifth worst scoring team in the division, and we're we're still the, I mean the crazy thing is we're still the joint fourth best defense in the division, which is mm -hmm. a ridiculous conundrum, isn't it to have? Yeah, but nothing special. Played with three lines of defense, sat in, pressed us when needed, and just uh, and just spoiled, disrupted, created a couple of chances through through, through bowlers' movement off off the wing. But did nothing really. Only came out of their shell with ten minutes to go at the end of the first half. Didn't all that because they. I mean, teams now had to beat, beat beat City. It's just to sit behind the ball and wait wait for us to mess up. But yeah, mm -hmm. nothing special. Mid table team. All they mean want all they want to do was sit in, contain, disrupt, get and, and nick it uh, in in our half. That was it. Yeah, and, and it was a very very. Boring first half, apart it from was. a flurry of corners where Sykes had a shot that Horvath saved in the centre. A couple of shouts around ball that weren't, but nothing really. And, and we we messed up a, a couple of times on the counter attack and failure to move move the ball when we did have it in good positions. Yeah, it was just poor. Same as QPR, poor yeah. again. Well, you summed up the first half. You summed up the first half then, Mark, because it yeah. really I tweeted half time. There was a flurry of corners. And it was that snapshot that uh, Sykes managed to get away, which was saved by Horvath, who I'm guessing is an American. Which is how did you know? How did you know that he was American? Because yeah, they were oh, trying to shout to the USA in the, in the all the time. Those morons that went storming oh, the God. a couple of years ago. Uh, Neil, I mean, the, the the team, the first half, less said about it. No, not less said about it, the better. But this squad depleted. By injuries and you know this perpetual, as Ian's quite rightly said, you know it's not just Liam, it's Nigel Pearson, and he paid for his job with it. Yeah, and let me just say this about Nigel Pearson. This is what I was thinking in bed about five o'clock this morning. <laughs> Nigel Pearson garnered the support of the fans not because he was a great manager. It's only fourteen months ago that we got humbled at home against West Brom two 0 on Boxing Day, and they were calling for his head in a manner that hasn't been levelled at Liam Manning yet. After Christmas, after Christmas, Pearson came back, and by accident, 
hit on a formation that made for a good end of season. And we started this season in reasonably good spirits, save the fact that Scott went, mm. right? So Pearson garnered, to me, the support of a, a substantial minority of fans, if you read the forums. He garnered their support because the fans were looking for somebody to have a go at the Lansdowns about through not putting money more money into the transfer and it's poor old nigel and he milked that a little bit as well i think yeah. and i didn't have the money to spend so it's we don't like the board nigel's this and he started the season okay but he upset the wrong people on the board i.e the owners and that's why they got rid of him they got rid of him in a bad way they could have handled it a lot lot better and i really wonder whether you know had he stayed on where we would be in comparison with where we are now. But they've created this shit show. And at the end of the day, they are accountable for it, as far as I'm concerned. Can I say something about this, Matt? I think Pearson had a lot more off-the-field stuff to deal with as well. Completely sorted out the infrastructure. Mm. Sorted out the players' mentality. Now, what I see with Man at the minute is the players' mentality is weak. Yeah, you're going to say so, something else, Seb. It's so weak. We concede... And it looks like we've lost. No matter what minute it is, as soon as we conceded at Sheffield Wednesday, we the players' heads went. When we conceded at QPR, players' head went. And Sykes and Williams yesterday, the whole game at each other. Now, Williams, after the game at Sheffield Wednesday, spent five minutes berating the ref. Mm. There's like this inherent frustration that they're starting to take out on each other or on other factors, but not look intrinsically and say, look, I don't, I see, I look at the pitch there. And there's no leaders. There's no one stepping up. Rob Dickey looks a shell of himself at the minute. Mm. You know, he was a he was a real presence. And over the last three games, when it's gone a little bit sour, he's not stepping up and going, "Look, we talked about the only one that's doing it is in the Robins TV studio in Naismith." Yeah, and he's the only one in the whole squad at the minute no. that looks like he's got it. And this is the issue when we lose. Now, I don't disagree with Byron going, but you have to replace him with a similar type of character in the squad. Now, I think the only characters in the squad that are capable of leading are Andy King and Cal Naismith, potentially Ross McCrory, but he's only just joined. Mm. Now, when they're not playing at their best, or Cal Naismith is not on the pitch and Andy King comes off, the 11 on the pitch, someone needs to step up. Mm. And there's been none of that over the last three games. When times get tough, the senior players must step up. There has to be some group cohesion. Jump up under Pearson. Sorry to go back to that yeah. time. But when we would want, I remember we went 2-0 down once and they got in a huddle in the pitch on the 20th minute and they went, this is not good enough. Yeah. And they stuck at it. Now, I'm not saying we get in a huddle during the game, but I'm saying there must be some talk. If there's a stoppage in play, like when Ete got injured, their striker, you all go over mm. and you say, this is not good enough. Now, for the next 15 minutes, we're going to go in, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to be on the front foot. Not been on the front foot at all in the last three games. No, there has to be some. It's dead. No, it's dead. To your yeah, play. there's no passion. You have to take the game to them. We are going through the motions for three straight games now. Yeah, completely. Well said. Well said, Tom. Excellent. He's got good genes. Good DNA. He's got good. It? Ge- well, he takes after you. Yeah. Um, look, first half is best forgotten. Uh, you tweeted me at time. I think you said I put you still awake or something like that, but. This is it's this is mind num- it's mind numbing and the players as Tom's just said the players don't seem to be able to get on it at all and you get periods in games where it can be a bit like that but this is three sets of ninety minutes where it's been lethargic in the main hasn't it on the back of as Ian said Southampton how can we go from 
putting in a performance that, you know, I described as, wow, just wow, to this. The players are there to give that performance. You have to ask yourself why they were able to, first off, I'm not not having the Middlesbrough game, the second half we were poor. Well, we watched it together and they were pissed He he changed it at half-time. For the worse. For the worse. Yeah. Okay. First half at Middlesbrough and the Southampton game. That demonstrates you've got the players there. You've got the ability with inside the team. And yet, what we're seeing at the moment is with Pearson, and I, you know, it was the right time for Pearson to go. Yeah. I'm not going to go love him with Pearson. He'd obviously fallen out. The club saw, you know, that we weren't going to come to an agreement. Relationship are breaking down. Fine, no problem with that. But what we're seeing at the moment with Manning is a coach. We're seeing a coach who is in his mind coaching them, giving them all the tools in order to actually do it and cannot get a result out of them, cannot get a performance out of them. Well, it's all about process. And, And that's when he's standing there in these conferences afterwards, these interviews afterwards, and he's just got a look of, I can't understand it. But a little I've bit given, like I've given, I've but a little bit like Sean O'Driscoll, wasn't it? Because he was like one somebody played out this week that Sean O'Driscoll interview, which was Max O'Leary's debut, where he's going, No, 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 didn't want to do remember that famous interview. Yeah. And he was a good coach, Sean O'Driscoll. And I was gonna tweet yesterday, he needs help. Now, Lee Johnson's ego was so big that he would never have help. And it's interesting, you know, if you go back, let's go back bloody 30 years, right? When they got rid of Dennis Smith, they made a triumvirate of Mark Hazelwood, Gary Shelton, and Russell Osman. Now, this is pre-Lansdowne, but then it just shows yeah. what's endemic with Bristol City. They decided to give the job to Russell, to Russell Osman. First thing he did, Shelton and Hazelwood out the club. Threats, yeah? Mm. Um, you look at when um, Lee Johnson got promoted as manager. More credentials as a manager than Liam Manning's ever had, and I'll talk about Manning and this myth of what a great manager he was at MK Dons in uh, Oxford. When Lee Johnson came on board, yes, he inherited the the uh, guy who's <coughs> now, uh, what was it, the number two. Anyway. John Pemberton. Making, what, what was that, Mark? John Pemberton. Pemberton. Pembo was there. But Pembo had been working for that one game when we arrested the decline and beat Middlesbrough 2-1. Pembo had been assisted by two. You're right, 1-0. Pembo had been assisted by Wade Elliott. What did Wade Elliott have? right experience right john ward who was in his 40s and an experienced manager when he was at city in 97 98 that promotion year 98 99 he said to scott davidson i need help right you gotta be big enough sometimes to put your hands up and he wanted to bring in um ray harford sadly passed away within the last 12 months no scott went in and brought in benny lenartson and what a disaster uh what a disaster that was. So I think Manning, and this is the thing, it, not sack him. He's not out of his depth. He's a coach. We need a director. Oh, sorry. We got one. Brian, maybe. I don't know. We need some. He needs help. They're, they're, at the moment, in my Hog, opinion, Hogg and Manning remind me of the Cowley brothers. Yeah. They remind me the two of them have always been together. The two of them intrinsically work together. And sometimes you need that coach on the sideline, independent, whether it's Jason Yule, Curtis Fleming, whatever, who turns around to him and says, look, we need to do things differently here. We need to approach it. The in-game management, our in-game management, David, 
is appalling. I, I, it is appalling, I'm afraid. The inability to make any positive change during a game. That's what struck me. That's that's where my worries are. Because we've got the players. I, I have to say, I have to say, Curtis Fleming and Jason Yule weren't all that either, because with Pearson not on the training ground for most of the last two months, he was at the club when we only did win two games out of uh, seven, right? They weren't exactly tearing up trees in terms of bringing about an improvement. So, you know, and, and this is the same group of players primarily because, as Thomas said, Twine is the only one that would have been brought in to actually change it. Otherwise, we're going with the same group of players. Yeah. That appears. But is it is it is it indicative of the board that they've indirectly subliminally written the season off by saying, you know, like, right, Max Bird, we're signing you for next season and Stokes and Murphy for next season. And actually, this is maybe, you know, we, I actually said this to Brian Tinian at the Senior Reds when he did that speech a few weeks ago. It's not in Scott Twine's interest. It's not in the club's interest for Scott Twine to come in and score eight goals during his loan period, because if he does, we certainly aren't going to get him for the money that's being mooted at the moment. As it is at the moment, we're paying half his wages, probably, don't know. Um, but there we go. Let's get back into the action. And uh, Ian, the, the goal. We know Cardiff are dead ball specialists. Could it have been defended better? I mean, he's he's a bloody fullback, but he's their top scorer with six, and it was a well struck goal, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a great set piece, great delivery, great header. Everything we didn't do, mm. but it, that was that in that one moment, and they're the best set piece scorers in fact that's probably the only way they score a lot of goals is set pieces you can tell that by their scoring record yeah. and, and let's make no bones about it Cardiff were crap and that is the really annoying thing if they come down at least I thought Sefuentes had done a job at QPR and if they got his tactics spot on but they had skillful pacey players one of whom I mean the guy that scored against us is probably going to get if he's not locked up already he'd be locked up soon um so Let's um so at least I looked at them and thought, yeah, okay, I can see how you did that, and I can see you've got some decent players in that side. Um I couldn't really look at Cardiff yesterday and think, oh god, I wish we had him. No, I, 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 yeah, he, he's a good player. So as far as the goal goes, yeah, but ball was into a whipped into a very dangerous area, front post, front mid post-ish. And somebody said earlier on, if George Tanner was on the field, he'd have probably edited it clear, been a better header. But there, there's no, you know, there's no excuse. We have got enough height at the back, especially when McCraw is playing. And you've you've got Viner, who's good in the air, Dickie, who's good in the air. But sometimes you have to take your off and say, excellent set piece, brilliant delivery, and a cracking header. The, the yeah. other thing I would do, and I, I saw some coaches doing it yesterday when I watched Match of the Day, is I would always have a player on each post. And it seems to have gone out of fashion, but we've got a player on that left-hand post. That ball don't go in. So that's something else I'd like to do. Um, but it, it seems to a lot of coaches now, a lot of coaches, managers, call them what you want, don't do it. And I mean, I'm talking about even the top clubs. But I noticed yesterday that I, can't, I thought it was Everton that were doing it. And um, I know they're not exactly a top club, but it was uh, one of their guys got one off the line that would have gone in. So, you know, that's something that I do, but that's by the by. It was, it was an excellent set piece, and I think it was a very good goal. Yeah. Mark, your thoughts on the on the goal? And and uh, and we're talking about the substitutions, which Neil had alluded to uh, 
earlier, but uh, I think the goal came after the double substitution, didn't it, Mark? Is that right? Yeah, because there was a yeah, double I think so. I mean, it, 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 it was, and... the thing was, we 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 hadn't given free kicks away in our half, and that was the first corner. That was so yeah. frustrating. Um, he beats Williams too easily. I don't know why Dickie ended up against him. He he know he's their best player, and he just wants to get to the ball great header because he wants it so much he's got to generate the power it's an outswinger so it comes back to him and he he just go goes for it just across the uh the six yard box and and heads it in very good he's their top scorer with six goals and yeah. he's a left back and it tells you it tells you a, a lot about it you know they, they, they and they, they've struggled to score goals like us they've only got 40 that's the rub isn't it and Perry NG, because that's how you do pronounce his name, isn't it? I think it? so. Yeah. yeah, I knew some Dayton, guy, and we pronounce his name. Is he? Is he? What? What nationality is he? I got. Is he Mauritian? I don't know. I think he came. He played for Crew previously, didn't he? Yeah. So in they, that, got... Malaysian extraction, Indonesia, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, unusual yeah. surname, that, isn't it? There we go. <laughs> but yeah, it was a gr- it was a gr- it was a great oh, yeah. header. But the first yeah. corner, and we'd avoid we'd avoided conceding any corners. We had. That. So that was they something we did few. get right. Is not conceding got right, but, kicks on but, our own. Yeah, box. just so just so frustrating. But why not have your best your best defender, a bigger defender, up against him like Dicky rather than Williams, where yeah. Williams has been beaten a few times in the air this season. Just try and slow him down. You, when you play Tom, you play as a defender. Um, Ian said about having players on the posts. Yeah. Mark's just said about having Dicky marking the man who, even though he's not a big lad, is their dead ball specialist. He did rise high, but then so does so did uh, Jason Knight the other week for the goal at Sheffield Wednesday. And he's not the tallest player on the pitch. But what? How would you set us up for a free kick, uh, knowing that Cardiff were good in that dead ball situation? You, you don't have. Ian, I get your point with two people on the post, but then you look at it the other way and then you're taking two people out defending your pen spot. So then they get the run on you, which is why they usually crowd the box a lot more because when people have the run on you, that is when they can generate power and things like that in the header. Um, I thought, I didn't understand why Dickie and Viner were both at the back post. I think you want one ideally defender in that front post area, preferably Viner, because I don't think it's as good in the air as Dickie. And I think Dickie should be on the penalty spot. Um... The, the matchup with Williams and NG, I didn't understand. I thought, why would you not have at least one of your central defenders, Mark and NG, who was their threat beforehand? We knew he would. It wasn't a surprise that NG scored from a corner. We can't have gone, well, I didn't see that coming because he's got he's done it. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he did it five against, times already. He did it against us away as well. Yes, he did. So, you know, where has been the. Uh, I know Pat Mountain, we go, Mountain goes on about how much he does on set pieces, but. It, it was great ball, great header, but the setup I think was slightly wrong. Um, That's, this is a this is a, the same guy that set our defence up at Fulham when we got I think we got Wax six two up there where we had Handel Masengo marking Mitrovic from corners. It's just it, you know it is a bizarre setup. I mean, there, there'll be reasons for it that we same guy. That, that there'll be reasons that we don't know as to why that decision would be made because it's a conscious decision to have a uh, Dickie and Vine at the back post, but. Maybe they thought they were going to do something different, whatever. The issue that I have at the minute, we're talking about Cardiff's corners. We only score from set pieces at the minute. In the last three games, we've scored one goal, and that was from a corner. And from beforehand, how many goals have we got from either the second phase of set pieces, throw-ins, free kicks? Dickie's uh, header that was saved from a Garden Hickman free kick. Mm. So we're only creating from set pieces where we can get into the box because 
from open play. We are dismal. Mm. We are dismal at creating anything from open play at the minute. And that's been a thing for the last five or six games. So we, we say the other team, oh, they can only score from set pieces. But we need to look at ourselves as well. Mm. Because I think Cardiff were in a similar mindset, as were Millwall. Uh, not Millwall, sorry, as were QPR, as were Chef Wednesday. Mm. I think they look at it and they go, at the minute, the only chance they're getting is either the first contact on corners or uh, set pieces, or from the second phase, nearly look like what Sykes had, where it's scrambling around. Mm. If you nullify that, we are not scoring at the minute. And that is the, where the real... So the game yesterday was won and lost on set pieces. Yeah, no, and just the one. Um, Neil, the manager, Liam, uh, was disappointed with the fact that the what led to the corner, it was the phase of play before that with a throw-in or what have you. I mean, I, I, I haven't bothered to sit down and watch the replay, but he was more concerned about what led to the corner, <laughs> not defending the corner. And we've just said about defending setting up wrong which is in contradiction with the actual fact that we have got the fourth best defense in uh, in the league yeah and well, what, what, the manager was praising pat mountain yeah. who is the goalkeeping coach but who also happens to set us up for set pieces as ian rightly pointed out he's the one consistent over the years yes he was that man who set us up when they put masengo on mitrovic in that 6-2 defeat so you know the the should we that was the first corner we conceded, mm. and Manning's annoyed because we conceded the corner, not so much because he well, didn't mark the player well, properly. We, we didn't learn that, David, did we? Because no. then Dowder came on and he, he missed a free header from yeah. about five yards out shortly afterwards. It should have been 2 0 for them as well. So we can look, Cardiff, Ian's entirely right. Cardiff, it was a good goal, well taken. We knew what their strengths are. And we didn't defend against their strengths. But for me, with Manning, he's trying to implement mid-season with somebody else's players a style that he wants to play. Mm. He's not working on the basis of the in, looking at the players, looking at their skill sets, looking at their strengths, looking at their weaknesses and thinking, let's adapt the way we play to play to our strengths. He is... This My is way the, or the highway. This is the way I want to play. The players need to get on board with the way that I want to play. And that leads into frustration, confusion mm. on the pitch. And it leads into our inability, as people are saying, in the final third. Because it's not natural for a lot of the players. You can tell it's not natural for a lot of the players. You can tell they're trying to take on board what he is saying. But then his reaction post-game is, well, I can't understand it. On a training pitch, it, it works really well and my ideas are great and all the rest of it. Well, I'm sorry, but it's not translating on the pitch. Like we were saying over the 10 games, we're not talking about the last three games in my, my mindset. We're talking about since Boxing Day, where we are 23rd on form mm. in a division. Only Rotherham are worse than us over the last 10 games. This is not last three games problem. The cup games... We only won one cup game. People are going on about one goal. We two goals. Two, two goals. goals. We, you know, <laughs> really, the West the West Ham game at home. All right, they had six at most six. They had Kudus, Antonio, Bowen, Paqueta, Fornells, Alvarez, all missing, and then Ben Rama decides to go and get himself sent off for kicking out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not. That's I'm not, masking. Yeah, the, the, I the, think the cup. The run, cup. We were before yeah. the cup run, we were struggling. 
And after the cup run, we've been struggling. Now, the players against Southampton, fantastic game. Hold the hand up. But consistently, they haven't been able to do it. Mm. They haven't been able to do it. So what does he do as a manager? Does he turn around and actually sit down with them and think, OK, I need to take a back seat here in terms of what I want. Let's look about what's achievable, not the way I want us to play. Well, he's... he's Because he's, we're sleepwalking, and this is we're not sleepwalking okay. into a situation. Well, we talk about the balance of the season. He's, as you say, he's trying to instill a way of playing. And, you know, he, like he's obviously flattered to leave Oxford and come to Bristol City. And he should have said, actually, guys, look, I'd love to come, but I play a standard of football and this squad isn't up to delivering the way you want me to play. And then the board, the owners should have been transparent with the fans and say, we're building for next season and we brought this yeah. guy in. Now, there was a, I thought it was on the forum, but it's on Twitter. Okay. Can, I say, can I say one thing before you be gone? And it's 10 seconds. Edwards at Millwall tried to do exactly the same and been as there. what Manning did. Gone. He came in, he had the first game, 1-4-0, brilliant. Then he tried to change the way Millwall mm. played and it went completely wrong. And then he came to us and that win against us mm. on a day he, he just got back to drawing he was drawing loads of games and then they won against us on new year's day in the 90 odd minute mm. with that thing and thereafter he didn't win another game and there are parallels here he's gone in yeah. i've got all these ideas yeah. i'll try and change the way we play mid-season right. and they made the decision when they dropped down there was an interesting uh piece i thought it was on the forum but it was probably on twitter and he was talking about pep guardiola and his processes he used the term processes and getting the best out of harland which is the balls to run onto yeah which he scored all five goals apparently yeah somebody correct me if i'm wrong all five of his goals against luton was when he ran onto the ball that is counter to the way that pep guardiola likes to play yeah with that possession-based slow build-up so to get the best out of harland You've got to alter the style of play. Ergo, maybe to get the best out of Tommy Conway, yeah, we've he's got to change his approach. But the thing is, when Pep Guardiola sat in the dressing room in front of the highest qualified players in Europe, most of them, mm. yeah, he says, I'm Pep Guardiola. Look at my playing record, right? And you know, if you've got players like Matty James, Andy King, and Cal Naismith there, they're looking at this guy saying, this don't work, mate. Mm. And this might explain why there's this confused look about the players. Let's just wrap up on the game. Uh, Ian, uh, the late substitutions, there was a little bit of a flurry. Was that right that Tommy Conway's goal was ruled out for uh, offside? I couldn't see because everybody in front of me jumped up. Um, so I couldn't say, to, to be honest, I know there was a ball in, I think it was Taylor Gardner Hickman. Was it Rob Dickey got his head on it and the yeah. keeper pushed it out? Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I mean, you, you can't tell from where we're sat, whether he was onside, offside or, or level, whatever. So you just got to depend on the officials there. There's no VAR. So I guess he was offside. Good save by Horvath. Great save by Horvath, wasn't it? From Dickey. Yeah. It, I mean. It, it it was a it was a good save, and uh, once again, it's one of those things where you have to say, well, yeah, great save. I mean, Max has made a lot of great saves over the season to keep us in games. So, I, I don't see any change there. Mm. Ian, um, talking about Max, uh, he didn't have any chance with the goal. But Dave, you you 
but you you quote in a lot of stuff about Matty James and Cal Naismith look at Manning and they think this and they think that. How do you know? I don't know. I'm just giving an opinion, Ian. Yeah, but you, than... you're just, no, you're just, just saying giving, it. Listen, I can give an no. opinion just like you yeah, but give an that's, opinion. Yeah, but that's, an opi that's, a, that's a conspiracy theory. It's not it's conspiracy. Out, this, no, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and the other is going to happen. Player... It's not a fact. It's it what you think. It's no. not. Well, it's it's not I a think. fact. What the fuck I like here, for goodness okay. sake. Right? It's, 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 no, it's you're you saying think. what they think. I, don't, I, I wouldn't even begin to say what Matty James or Cal Naismith thinks. I mean, Naismith seems pretty complex. All the players seem pretty complex about Manning, but they were saying about well, Pearson because they Naismith? always are. Did you hear Naismith on Robin's TV no, jersey Sheffield Wednesday? And he was pretty yeah. scathing. It was almost like, hey, you're not on the party message here. Mark, sorry, you have, have a word. Look, yeah, I'm he was scathing of the players. I think, and I am a conspiracy theorist, yeah? And climate you are, yeah. And everything like that, yeah? But there we go. Mark. This is um, getting like a few good men. You, you, you Jack Nicholson, you want to know the truth? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, and apologies for swearing. Okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's calm down a, a, a little bit, please. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Sure. Yeah, make sure it's de make sure it's decaf. <laughs> Sorry about the language, everyone. I think they, it certainly provokes provokes quite interesting debate, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say, David? I was just going to ask you a question, Mark, because you yeah, sit go there for it. quite patiently all the way through. I mean, did you think it was offside from where you saw it? And I uh, think it was a good. It was a good header. A bit. I mean, great header by by Dicky. Bit near the centre of the goal. You know, we can't help that. The keeper makes a decent save. Now, looking looking at it a couple of times, all the actions at the near post and Cardiff come out to 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 uh, to you know to you know to for, with the offside trap. Now, if Conway had just held his run a little bit better, I think he scores there because at the back post he's free. If he just holds his run, there's no defender near him. He scores. That may be unfortunate. Maybe I'm tilting it windmills here, but. That I think that's the only thing that could change. I will wait because I've had to wait patiently. I will say one other thing that we we stopped doing well in the last few weeks, and the games are different against Middlesbrough and Southampton. But what we did very well, and we've done very well in a few games, is press, stop teams playing out from the back. We've been more aggressive in 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 uh, uh, in in the in the uh, central third of the pitch over the halfway line, and we win balls back. That creates chances for the forwards. We stop doing that effectively. You can see where the press is coming because the, the play moves from one side to the pitch to the other and the players sort of form in. I think, you know, Dave Febbs uh, will probably, he'll probably talk about this far more articulately than me. But I don't know if anybody agree. We stopped doing that well and that stopped creating chances. We did it brilliantly against Middlesbrough. We did it very well against Southampton. Different games because... Under Man, and I think that's now 10 games where we've had more possession than the opposing team and we haven't won. I think that's four draws and six defeats. Yeah, and that's the, that's the problem. But we've stopped executing the press very well and creating those chances. Yeah. Perhaps it needs a midfield player to be more aggressive. I don't know. But that's one thing we're lacking. Can I say with regards to that, Mark, the possession thing, are we counting just playing the ball along the back four as possession, are we? Most touches. Well, right? I, I mean, I, back, I mean, it, back, yeah. Back, I think it's where back, teams, back. where teams, yeah. I mean, that's going to get the possession stats up. That doesn't mean a lot. But all I can tell you is what's from statistics where mm. we've had more possession 
and I think Piercy mentioned it in the Evening Post, that's a damning statistic. It just demonstrates we can't beat teams who give us the mm. ball. Teams know how to beat Bristol City. Just stick men behind the ball. It, how long has it been? See how long has it been like that, Mark? Years. Years. Yeah, years. I can remember games where Brian Tinian was playing when it happened. And he was a creative player. Yeah. That is the sort of player that we need. All right, look, let's um I think we've done the game today. Are we all feeling a bit better now, everybody? Well, a little bit. Um <laughs> Neil, what did you think of the referee yesterday? Sam Allison. Uh oh yeah. The person I took at the game thought he was crap. And I'd said, I think the well, referee's no, no, having no, a good game. And he said was, I think uh, he's crap. I think the only thing I can remember him actually, because it was a nothing game with nothing much happened. Mm. So I think the only when he when he stopped the game for their injury for their number nine went yeah. down and he was just holding Attack. his ankle and we were on the attack and he, he stopped the game and you're like so well, it's, it's not a head injury. Well it's not a head injury. No. Well, not unless his head's on his knee, no. It's crazy. No. And it happens a lot. It's not on it but happens I, a lot I, I now. What is I going on? The, um... No opinion. No, I don't think so. No. Jim, I think uh, have you only ref yesterday? Sam Allison. Yeah. I think I think he's quite a good championship ref. Yeah. Look like that. I think the only thing I thought what's he doing here? Yeah. Is um when he stopped it because you know there's no need set to. Of rules to not stop the game. Correct. If you don't play. Correct. Bizarre, but... And I haven't seen the I've seen the header numerous times. Uh, Ian or Mark, I don't know if you saw it, but the Liverpool goal yesterday there was a hoo ha over the game being stopped in the build-up to that and that it was given to Liverpool. Anybody see yeah, that? Two, no, I, I just heard that two Liverpool players collided and it was given back uh, to Liverpool goalkeeper when it should have been given to... They should have given the ball back to, to Forrest. So they're really upset yeah. by that. Forrest have taken an interesting stance. They've employed Mark Clattenburg, the ex-referee, as an advisor. So I think he tried to uh, approach the referees after the game. They didn't let him in, but they took the unusual step of putting him in front of the cameras. And they're right. They should have got the ball back in the spirit of the game. It's not, it's a spirit yeah. of the game. I don't think it's a rule. They should get the ball back. As, 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 as Dave's pointed out on the, in the text feed here, it's just disappeared off the bottom. As Sam Allison was on City's books and something. Yeah, he was a, oh, he's an, he's an ex-player, wasn't he? Um, who didn't who didn't make it? So he the knows the game. Forest Liverpool game yesterday. It's the chairman came onto the pitch like a good yeah, old uh, Greek chairman storming onto the pitch to sort things out. Bless him. Yeah, yeah, that fun. happened when we. I think Scott did that. We played Scott Sunderland. Did that. They got a last-minute yeah. penalty, didn't they? In uh, in uh, yeah. about January, February, nineteen ninety-nine, yeah. and yeah. I mean, I, this, it was, season it? tickets. Season tickets prices come out uh, next week. There's a great time for that, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I have to say, for the X game in a row, when the game starts, I've noticed dotted red seats around in the south stand, which is mainly season ticket holders. Because yesterday, who thinks there was twenty four thousand people in the ground yesterday? No, no. is it is it the kids? Haven't we alluded that's, to this before? So yeah, I think you brought you know, this up yeah. before. Cheap season tickets for kids. Some don't come a lot. Is it the yeah. families where the kids are staying away? Possibly. Two and a half thousand of theirs. Is it how many season ticket holders we got here? Is it 14, 14 15? 13, 14? Oh, 15, sorry. No. 15. All right. Two and a half thousand of theirs, 15 season ticket holders. Still seven and a half thousand pay on the day, which seems quite a decent number. I mean, you know, if we carry on like this till the end of the season, it's not exactly going to enhance sales, is it? Well, I think our average attendance 
It's got to be the highest since the first division days. It is. It? It's yeah. got to be the highest since 1980. Well, I talked well, to my, well, my, my cousin. My cousin, who's a, who's a fan of Preston, they, they are, you know, challenging for the playoffs just off the pace. They're getting about 17,000. They, you know, for a whole to the whole game yesterday, I think they had a sellout and he couldn't get a ticket. But that is really out out of the ordinary. You know, we're we're getting great crowds. Must be averaging twenty two, twenty three thousand, and you know we've only had seven wins. It's you know very poor return. But it's been like that for years. Like I said, it's nothing out of the ordinary. The most wins it's in the built, championships. We've we've built an audience, haven't we? Oh God, yeah. We've built we're just, an audience. Uh, yeah, we're just we're just not giving them anything to shout about. Yeah. All right. One thing, moving, moving away from the game, uh, we signed the, uh, the statement. Um, Neil, I'll ask you this. Or I'll ask each of you. The arms fair that's right. at Ashton Gate increased security going into the ground yesterday. Uh, Do they know what happened over us that West? Well, I read about it, and you told me about it. Yeah. Can you just but, go, just tell us? Go on, Neil. What was that? Well, the. The Free Palestine people found out, obviously, through where I work, the Free Palestine people found out over at Aztec West. And even though the Aztec West place is owned by the Israelis that builds drone compartments and bomb components, uh, even though they had special forces guarding it, ex-special forces, uh, people that they've hired, they broke in there uh, and then they occupied it and then they caused what in some of my colleagues estimation is the worst criminal damage that has ever been witnessed and they barricaded themselves in there to the extent that the police officers had to come in with um full psu kits to actually get in there to actually get them out and last month they were two years on they were convicted of burglary and criminal damage at bristol crown court how does this relate to the um the arms fair neil Sorry. well it's the same company in Aztec West that is sponsoring this uh, thing at Ashton Gate. And an arms fair that has taken place other Ele previous years. Elizabeth, and this has got... Elite Bell? Whatever it is. Elizabeth I mean, Bell, my view is, is it's not, it's not I, you know, I'm not, you know, a pacifist or anything like that, but I think it's morally wrong to have an arms fair at a community-based ground. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter who those things are being used against, but they're being used against all across the world and in some countries that don't even warrant making the news or anything like that. So well, when, a club, a, yes. when a club when a club uses its it, it uses its community credentials at the forefront, really pressing its community credentials. Yeah, yeah I think very, it's, it's, it's a simple, poor. simple one word answer. It's Was quite, it, it's, it, it's, Neil, it's, it's do you think? Deaf, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, one word. What well, one word okay. good good <laughs> <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery free and times apply. See mcdonalds.com. Arms fair. Good or bad decision to hold it? Bad. Bad. Ian, good or bad? Uh, bad. <clears throat> oh, yeah, bad. Bad. Mark? Tone deaf. Yeah, I think we're totally in agreement that it just doesn't create the right Im- impression and what have you. Um, we got 11 games to go. Uh, I'm going to shout them out. Ipswich away, Swansea home, West Brom away, Leicester home, Plymouth away, Sunderland away, Blackburn home, Huddersfield home, Norwich away, Rotherham home, Stoke away. That's a quarter of the season, right? Realistically, we probably need six points to get to 50. Right. No, we do need six points to get a fifty. Yeah, we do. We need six points. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You mean you mean fifty as again, a one word, one word, yeah. one word yeah. answers. Yeah, because then we will start saying, well, where do the rest of the points come from? Fifty going to be enough this year, Neil? No. no. Ian, fifty enough this year? No. No. There we go. All right. So we need another Ten, eight I'd points. Say. Three you wins. Know. Three wins. We need. I think right. Nine. Okay. Okay. Three. I mean, a good thing, David, is our goal difference gives us an extra point effectively. Of course. Yeah. There you go. So we're not going to go down, are we? Neil. (laughs) Yes. You're asking for reassurance. I'll tell you what. If if I was somebody there, uh, I'm sorry, with Manning yesterday, is that a leader? Is that somebody you're going to trust? It's senior leadership at the club. If we lose on Tuesday, <laughs> then we lose the lose the Swansea is a massive game now. We lose yeah. to Swansea. That's five losses in a row, and then you go on to play West Brom away and Leicester at home and a local easily, derby at Plymouth. Easily in the next two weeks, you could be looking at seven straight losses, and a guy going, "We need to get back to basics," with no ideas of how they're going to get back to basics. You need leadership from the management now in relation to it. And I don't see too much leadership coming from Manning at the moment, I'm afraid. I don't get this sense of, you know, with Pearson, there were times where we didn't play well. But I had trust in him that actually we wouldn't go more than two or three games losses. And I don't think we did. I don't think under Pearson we went more than two or three games at a time losing. And for, uh, interestingly, Neil, I've just looked at the, his record over the two. When he, he joined in uh, the second half of the 2020-2021 season, it took him 15 home uh, games to win a yeah. home game over the two over those two yeah. seasons. So, it's a, it's so, so look, it? that's one thing you're in agreement. That's one thing you're in agreement with Pearson. As I said earlier in this episode, Pearson he did lots of things, as Tom just said, behind the scenes. You know, he rectified. He was instrumental in rectifying the wrongs of the. Johnson Ashton era, right? And he wasn't all of that, but he had a track record. And as we banged on here about, oh, well, his better days are behind him. He hasn't done anything since he left Leicester, blah, blah, blah. But he was supported in the transfer market to a point. We did sign lots of players. Ian, if you think the squad is, isn't good enough, right? Mm-hmm. If the squad isn't good enough, whose fault is that? If the score isn't good enough to play in the championship, is that what is that your question? Yeah, that's a question. Well, you, you have to look at who signed the players. And the final sign-off on all the players is the head coach or the manager, has been in perpetuity. 
So if the so if for example Liam Manning says what we know he wants a 10 and he wants a a mobile big striker, a proper number nine in the summer. We know that because Brian Tinian told us at the senior Reds dinner, right? That's what we're going for. Those two players in the main. If then the recruitment team, which is led by Brian Tinian, they turn up and say, right, we got we got these five players. Uh, who do you want? And do you just want one or do you want two? Because then by then we'll know if Tom is staying or going, um, whether Naki's going to be about, whether Harry Cornett's going to be about. As I said on the podcast previously, uh, I think all three could well be gone, but for different reasons. So Liam Manning can then say, right, um, number one, don't like him. Uh, number two, no. Number three, yeah, I'll have him. If you can't get three, get four, but I'm not interested in, in the ones you've listed, one, two and five. So it's his final decision in the same way it was Nigel's. And as Brian Tinian said at the senior Reds dinner, when somebody said about who signs the players, and he said, could you imagine going to Nigel Pearson and imposing your will on him and saying, I'm bringing in these two players and you'll have them. Can you imagine that? Now, at the start of the season, Nigel Pearson, for example, was asked if he wanted another centre-back. And he said, no, I've got two players for every position. So my left centre-backs, I've got Cal Naismith and Rob Atkinson. My right centre-backs, I've got Rob Dickey and Zach Viner. I know George Tanner can come in and play there at a push. So can Campering play left centre-back. So I've got enough. I've got plenty. Because he was relying on the information he was given that those players were coming back. So uh, Rob Atkinson um didn't get back early and when he did get back he strained his hamstring and then we got him back towards playing again and he's torn it away from the bone cal naismith went to a fitness and conditioning camp in austria and came back injured as did ross mccrory so pearson also said well mccrory can play centre-back as well. So, no, I don't need another centre-back. What do I need another centre-back? Look at all these players i got. i got two for every position and a little bit more. Now, how it's turned out <clears throat> is we ain't. Now, we're talking about, I agree with you about Rob Dickey, doesn't possibly look as, as, as much himself, as dominant as it has been. And footballers' confidence, we know, is five minutes long. But God, God forbid, Viner or Dickey get injured. Yeah. on top of the others um so no i mean we know cal's back in training he's trained fully for the last two weeks so um i i don't think uh, uh I, I, it's down to whoever signed the players and you go uh, through Ian, that Ian's hesitating there because he's reading he's probably read the comment of henry if you're still listening henry that yeah, i think more, Davis, I think more defense comment Dave has lost the plot. Ian should host the podcast. So there you go. So look, that's it. That's my last. I'm not, no, Dave. I, I was distracted by something, but no, my view. If you say who's responsible for the the squad, there's two things. One is the budget that people have got. So we know if Liam Manning looks around and says, "Go and get me Kevin De Bruyne," then that ain't gonna happen. But it's the budget is the first thing, and then you work within the budget. But no, no manager at the club has had to 
and I'm going back, Lee Johnson, Gary Johnson, as apt to take a player that is not of his choosing. So he's had nobody imposed on him. And like Tinian said at the dinner, yeah. you, you ain't going to impose Ian, anything on Nigel Pearson. Can I ask a question of you, Ian, then? With regards to the January yeah. window. Yeah. We took the eye off the ball, didn't we? Really? We pushed a lot we of the signings that were going to make an impact to the summer. And I completely agree. You and I have had conversations on social media. I completely get that the only way we got Stokes and the Bird deals done was by getting them in and loaning them back. No issue with that. We brought in Murphy, who has come with injury issues. Then we've then we've had Scott Twine. That is unfortunate. What's happened to Twine can't do it. But Tinian's gone on at your senior Reds and then on Radio Bristol and said, what we need is a number nine and we're not in, we haven't been able to find the number nine that we want to get, but came out with the description of it that is so not Tommy Conway in a million years. But anyway, he's come out with that description. We could have got a lone player in matching that description, couldn't we? Are we saying that as a recruitment team, Sheffield Wednesday, we could not have got in that type of player on loan. Because quite frankly, that's a pathetic statement, isn't it? When you look at Ugbo at I, Sheffield I, Wednesday, who they bought in on loan, who is having a positive thing for them. Yeah. The recruiting player. team of which Brian Tinian okay, is head. He, he would be the head of that loan. And he went on to Radio yeah. Bristol and he described the window as magnificent. A magnificent window. And I think what we're seeing now is it's not a magnificent window. So ultimately, if you're saying if you if you're saying to me, could we have done with a, uh, the number nine as I described? Yeah, I mean, I'm, we need. Uh, he says, Manning, Well, no, Manning says we we tried as hard as we could. We did everything to get one. That's Manning saying it, not Tinian. Mm. So one would assume that he was happy with the efforts. Now the deals around Bird and Stokes and. Murphy has been brought in. He's doing a, a, a full pre-season. Bearing in mind that when he came to us, the Irish uh, League finished in November. Now, what they don't want to happen with Adam Murphy, and he's set up to play an under-21. I mean, um, Eamon Benarus should be playing an under-21 game against Charlton next week, hopefully. He's, uh, he's set up all, along similar lines. But what we don't want is another George Tanner situation where we signed George. He was a player that we were going to develop. This was under Nigel. He was going to be developed. I remember Nigel saying he's one for the future. Mm. What then What then transpired is he, he, we had a lot of injuries. He got pushed into first team action, tore his hamstring, had an operation, repaired it. Then he got back in training. <clears throat> then he came back. And lo and behold, he tore his hamstring. So what they're trying to avoid with Murphy, as I understand it, and it, it makes perfect sense to me because of the standard he's come from, um, is the same thing happening. And yeah, let Tom. If, 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 that, if that avoids it, then fine. But I take your point. I mean, I've, I've been banging on about getting a, a, a big centre forward for about the last, oh, I don't know, three years. And by the way, Nigel Pearson, when asked, said that he didn't want one. So, the managers get what they get, but you've got to prioritise and there's not limitless amounts of money. But I thought the transfer window on balance 
we've got what we want. And I think if Twine had stayed fit, he'd have made, um, um, he, he would have made a difference if we had kept, right, well, if, that's like I said earlier, get, get Twine, Naismith, James fit, they will make a difference. It won't be 100%, and we won't go from being crap to brilliant, but it'd be enough to get us over the line. And then in the summer, we've really got to do some business. Okay, right, Top, right, Tom, you first. Um, about Murphy, Sam Curtis came from the exact same team as Adam Murphy, uh, same age. He's been playing under 21 football for two weeks for Sheffield United. So I get that and Sheffield United are a Premier League team, and he scored, I think, in Sheffield United's uh, under 21 game. So I understand about this pre season and whatnot, and we want to save him, but point proven with Sam Curtis that. He should be playing games. If he if we if he's the same league, whatnot, same team, same age, he should be playing games for the last two weeks, realistically. So that tells me there's something a bit different with his injury issue. Because obviously I think we went in for him for summer, and we had a big compensation fee, but he's had injury issues for a long time now. Now, if we're signing an injury prone player at 18, that doesn't exactly bode well for the future. Well, Look at our injury record. You know, I don't think you can use the word injury prone. I mean, is is Murphy injury prone? Murphy had serious injuries at some Pats during his teenage years. Yeah, he was out a lot um, last season with injury that's, and with this season. Was he unfit when we signed him? Yeah. Um, I, I think I think we were aware of injuries. I don't think he was actually injured when we signed him. But, you know, I think later it, it more has come to life about, yes, he is currently injured at the minute. But... That tells us that there's something inherently, you know, you're signing an injured player at 18. Now, with January, it was, for me, an arrogant window from the club, more than anything. That's the way I regard it. If we've signed one player for the here and now, did we serious, seriously believe this squad pre-January was good enough to push on? And we, we've only bought Twine in because Mabude, realistically, was not going to make a massive impact. He's 19. He's younger than Sam Bell. He had played three senior games. Mm. That's fine. Okay, it was a pun. It was a pun. Scott Twine was the only one we bought in for the here and now. And he's got injured. And he's got injured. Um, so that says to me that as a club, we went, yes, this one is good enough. Is that an arrogant look? I think so. I think it's not worked out. I think everyone at the recruitment team is now thinking, we've got this wrong. We've got this wrong. Because now what we're seeing is people have got injured. We don't have the squad depth. We don't have the quality of squad depth either. I think the substitutions come on and make us worse every game. I think how many times under Pearson, his big motto is can the sub come on and make an impact? Can they improve the game? Under Manning, they come on and I'm off. You know, it's going to take these, them 10 minutes. These, but these players were all signed the by same, Nigel Pearson. The same people. I think it's a mentality thing then. Because I, I look at it and they come on, no confidence, no spark about them. What you want, someone to come on in the nicest will in the world is make an impact on the game in the first two minutes. You let yourself grow yeah. into the game. If that's fouling someone, foul them. You know when Wells comes on, first thing Wells does is foul the centre-back because it let them grow into the game. It sets a precedent out, yeah. and the centre-back then knows he's in for a game. When people come on off the bench at the minute, they stroll around, they might put in a bit of effort, but they make us worse as a whole. Our shape goes to, you know, pop. Right. I think defensively, yeah. we look so much worse than the substitutes come on. We look so much more open. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a complete mentality thing. Now, the thing, Pearson, I'm sorry to dwell on Pearson, 
but that's what it, a lot of this is about. We reflect only upon Pierce and Manning. And the thing that set them out, maybe in time, Manning will be a better tactician than Pearson because he is a better, right. I believe he is a better coach on training pitch. But can he get a mentality of the squad? Yeah. Can he appease fans? Can he juggle all these things? And where Pearson left us was in so much further, a better place than what Pearson inherited. So Manning yeah. had a complete better... Well, apparently when he came in, yeah. And Pearson always said he wasn't on the coach. So Pearson's probably in indirect way and obviously exacerbated by the fact that he had the health issue. He was very much the role that Steve Coppel had, which contributed to the success. You need to get to Mark. At Reading. Yeah, right, yes. Mark. But when I say at Reading, Steve Coppel was only allegedly, he wasn't here long enough to make a view, but Steve Coppel only turned up on a match day. And all the training, Steve Coppel, when he was at Reading, their, their success was done by Wally Downs and Nicky Hammond was doing all the player signings. Mark, you've waited patiently uh, there in the background and apologies for that. Um, your your thoughts on what we've just been talking about? I I mean, forget forget um, Nigel Pearson. I mean, Brian Tinney and the recruitment team look incredibly foolish after the January transfer window because... People, the fans don't care. Josh Stoke, they never thought Josh Stokes and Adam Murphy would make a difference anyway. The Max Bird thing was unfortunate because we wanted to get him in the summer. But we we look and what's happened is we gambled anything on top Scott Twine. There's no there's no other, other way about it. With Mabude, it's a little bit like Ryan Kent and the Freiburg situation when we got him on loan. Don't even start, start on Luis Dione, but he... He, he didn't his, his, his loan move at Freiburg didn't work out and he played hardly any games so you're expecting a player who had made three appearances was completely out of favour with the man with the manager and only played a couple of friendlies before he joined us and his mind was probably elsewhere as well after his brother was involved in a, a life-threatening car accident it's a lot to expect from a, a player who did it in academy football but hasn't really done it yet in, 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 in a professional level in league football. So we look incredibly foolish. We've gambled everything on Scott Twine. So we're left short of personnel. I completely agree with uh, what Neil said. The in-game management's got to change because the personnel aren't going to change um, with the injuries. So we're just rotating the same players. There's got to be some better management, uh, better management and tactics during the game to make changes. That's the problem going forward. Now, people have take, asked us to talk about the Ipswich game, so I'll do that. We are, we've got as much chance of beating Ips, more chance of beating a team like Ipswich, than we have of beating, of beating, you know, likes of likes of QPR and Cardiff because well, they'll take yeah. the games worse, and we'll get on the counter. Well, that's, that's, that's we good. Right. What we need to do, well, let me let me finish. What we need to do is be aggressive in the press and create chances, and we could get a point there. We haven't under Manning, and we didn't under Pearson. Bless him. Right. Will under pressure. We haven't been been tanked by anybody under Manning. Yeah. We've only lost one game by the odd goal. We're losing lots of games one nil. Think yeah. since yeah. the Millwall game yeah. five as, one nil. The We compete, the but we don't score. Let's yeah. do something about it. But the, just the two things I'll say, incredibly foolish over the January transfer window. Everything's been gambled on Twine. He's got injured and then there's no there's no plan B. There's no follow-up and mm. we're left looking awful. And the in-game management with Neil, sort that out. Otherwise, otherwise Liam, oh. you're creating pressure. 
really bring pressure on yourself. No fan, and I'll say this, there might be the odd on OTIB, on social media, no fan wants City to fail. Regardless no, of who the manager is, be it Sean O'Driscoll or Liam Manning or Nigel Pearson, why would we want the team to fail? We don't. So, you no, know, we want, that, we want make, to win. The manager's got to make it easier for himself, but we let's back the manager, let's back the team. We want him to succeed. We don't want the club to fail. We don't want to get relegated. Let's get those 10, 11 points we need and move on to the next season. And then yeah. that will determine whether Manning stays or goes the first few games. It was what happened, uh, it's what's happened under well, other managers. Interesting but let's, let's do that. If he, I mean, I've if said we, my piece. Yeah, no, you, well, you've waited patiently <laughs> for that, Mark. And very admirable that you say that. We, look, the key thing is we all want the club to do well. I don't know. I'm, I'm worried because, you know, I can see us now. We're going to struggle to get last season's points total. We're probably I think the only team that, that have... That have I, can, I think there's only one team that has slid down from um, a top half position to the bottom. And that was Hull City when they got relegated about three four, or four seasons ago. And what happened to transform their fortunes is they sold Grzycki. Uh, a Polish uh, winger who was great, sold into West Brom and Jaden uh, and, and Jared Bowen to West Ham. Yeah. Completely lost it after that and, and they got relegated. But I haven't seen any other teams that have had that level. It, it's it's pretty unheard of for, for teams to... to well, we've, to we've, we would have to be absolutely rank mm. to We're suffer not. relegation. We've got to sort out the goal scoring. If you don't well, score and goals, and you don't win games. It's not like we're missing chances. We're not creating chances. Yeah, I'm not creating enough. To- we're not feeding uh, Tommy. You got a quick one from you, Tom. So I was just going to finish on Scott Twine. <laughs> yeah. And that was a short-term loan, which again is completely arrogant for me. There's no planning for next season with Scott Twine. If we're just going, the only thing we need is six months now with Scott Twine, and that will figure us out, and that will solve us. When we go next summer, we're going to have to redo it all again because we're not getting Scott Twine permanently. No. So you're going again, and it's just like, do I currently trust the recruitment team to get this right? Because I think the success of Manning, unfortunately, lives and dies with this recruitment team. Because yeah, absolutely. If, if we stick with Manning and we view Manning as the person that's going to create, build on his platform that Pearson left us in, he left us in a great place off the pitch. On the pitch was to be sorted. That's why he brought in this guy that was going to revolutionise how we play on the pitch. Now, if we believe in him, we should, should bring six or seven in. That's suit Manning's style of play. And Manning should be key and Hogg should be key in signing those players because I wouldn't trust the nicest one in the world, Brian Tinian and Khalif C, say the international scout at the minute. It should be Manning and Hogg over summer, colluding with, you know, joining up with these two individuals and going, this is what I need. This is, this for my success at this club, I need this. If we sign three or four in summer, I will be under the impression that we do not believe in Liam Manning long term. Because there you go. I think he's, he's going to radically change how we planned Pearson. When he came in, he basically said he wanted the opposite of how Pearson played. Front foot possession football. Under Pearson, we were a direct counter-attacking team. Mm. So we don't have the players for that. Completely agree. I think we all are in agreement that we do not have the players at the minute to play possession football and to break teams down. Mm. Next season, if we bring in the players that can play that, I go, fair enough, we've supported Manning. We believe in Manning. If we bring three or four in, three or four is not going to change the core okay. team and the principles. So the underlying, the underlying, um, to, to get Manning ball right, we've got to 
do wholesale changes. But that's like what Manning had at Oxford in his first yeah. season. Well, let's look. I mean, let's look yeah. at let's look at let's look at Manning. Let's look at Manning's managerial record. Yeah, because you know we're coming up against Ipswich Town on Tuesday night, and everybody says you're comparing Kieran McKenna with Liam Manning. Yeah, bright young things, bright young coaches. Man, Kieran McKenna's pedigree. He was assistant manager at Man United for about two seasons, three assistant manager of the first team, having won they run do, the under-18. They, they, they do have quite a few. They have quite a few assistants. <laughs> yeah, All right, but you yeah. Liam Manning. Vice right? presidents in a firm. Liam Manning, you know, non don't have to be a great manager, a great player to be a great manager. But Liam Manning dabbled at West Ham and Man City, part of the City group and what have you. He went to MK Dons in his first season there. He did a fantastically good job, right? Mm. So Liam Manning... You know, he had good spell at MK Dons and a good spell at Oxford. But if you look at Elian Manning in 22-23 season, he had 20 games at MK Dons, won four, drew three, lost 13, and then he got fired. He went to Oxford, and that season that he saw the tail end of Oxford, he had 11 games there. He won two, drew four, and lost five. OK, he got it together 10-2-3 at the start of the season we're in at the moment. So... You know, did he have the credentials? Had he really achieved anything? He, do you want, he lost Harry do, Darling and Scott Twine. Do, do, do you want to know? Do you, do you want to know what happened at MK Dons? Like the he sold two of his best players. players. That's right. He sold two of his. He best didn't players. sell them. He didn't sell them. The club he wanted to keep them. Well, that's what happened. Well, then that's what you happened. Get tenor, you get. You get. I think well, he had to change twelve players. players. Clubs have to sell players. We had to sell Alex Scott. I mean, we wouldn't even have Liam Manning. Yeah. Alex Scott had still been playing for us. I know he missed the first two. Two months injured. Anyway, let's move on to Ipswich. As some people have said, right, typical Bristol City, right, we'll probably go and beat them at Portman Road. And wouldn't we just love it? Because to get one over on Mark Ashton, yeah, everybody would like yeah, to do that. Well, look at QPR. But, Can't win and they beat and they, they beat Leicester. Leicester lose three games. Well, Leicester might not even get auto if you look at the top well, of the table. Well, yeah, I think, I, think that, I think they will, but they lost right. three. But okay. these, these results happen. It, it happens, yeah, no, it? championship, anybody can beat anybody. Yeah. We know that. We know that. So we could do that. But Ipswich away, how, you know, look, we want City to win. We take a point now. Yeah, it would end three in a row. If we lose to Ipswich, right, as Neil said earlier, Swansea game becomes massive. Absolutely massive. So we're going to be doing this podcast, and apologies that, for those that thought that we were going to do Cardiff on Saturday evening. We just changed that to Sunday morning. But this podcast, reviewing it, which will be on Wednesday at 9 o'clock, right? So what are we going to say if we lose 3-0? Was that, well, it was a free hit we never expected. I mean, what? how do you feel Wednesday morning on the back of 3-0? Just uh, things getting worse? That, that's if we lose 3-0. Let's, let's try and go in with at least... A positive mindset. If we get a, cool, but let's not go All right, but if we get a point, down. if we get a point, then that's a fantastic result. It's a fantastic result. And if we beat Swansea, we don't pressure's draw, off. We him. don't draw games. Pearson used to at least, if you're not going to win a game, you don't lose it. And that's what we were good at under Pearson. We used to draw quite a few games. Under Manning, we lose games. Mm. There's there's not the odd point we pick up. Yeah. So just to stop the bot, um, it would be fantastic to go up there uh, away from home. There, the pressure's on them. The yeah. pressure is on them. There's no pressure on us, unlike the last three games, to go and win the game. Yeah. So will that alleviate some of the pressure the players have clearly been feeling? Yes, I hope so. But equally, 
they're going to be full of confidence and we are a team that is of no confidence so it could go either way yeah um i'd love to come away with just a point yeah but let the main thing for me is that we show a bit of individuality and a bit of character against it yeah. because we've lost that we're like robots at the minute on the page. all right it, ian um what you know you take a point from it that would be a fantastic result and it'll dissipate the pressure because if we followed it up with a win against swansea at the weekend then it dissipates the pressure massively and look i've said before look we're on here it's me as an individual you know i you we need jerk and stuff like that underlying all of this is that we want city to do well and our knee jerk is just that's how most football fans react you hear man united fans after three defeats in a row you know and they're bloody suicidal in ipswich tuesday night we want a performance which we haven't had for three games because you can give a good performance and still lose that's what we need tuesday night isn't it yeah we need a performance moreover we need a result i mean somebody's just said on air qpr one yesterday with 26 percent possession well that's the sort of thing we need to do um <clears throat> because i don't think we'll dominate the ball against ipswich i mean if we try it'd be a cracking game of football if we play half decent um but no I, and i think the board will the board at the moment <clears throat> i can't see him sacking liam manning and his team uh when i say his team i mean the coaches uh i can't see him sacking brian tinian or the recruitment team but if you listen to some of our fans they would go along with the board so i think we all need to calm down a little bit <clears throat> i don't know um yeah, I, I don't know whether some of our fans actually want Manning to fail. In fact, I think a few of them do. A huge number. But I think there's a few of them actually licking their lips and saying, great, you've failed because Lansdowne said this. Ian, sorry. No, I'm going to defend you here. It's not a case that they want Manning to fail. It's they want to stick one on the board because Manning was put in into pressure cooker situation by what the board said the expectation was with him so they don't this is carrying on from pearson garnering support because the fans are acrimonious towards the board because they think we should have been bolder in the transfer market in the summer so i'm not conflicting with you well I'm just in, saying, in, in you're january right. i'd you say do want him to fail because it's to the board we told yeah. you so I agree with that. Yeah, but, I yeah. agree. I completely, yeah, I let's, completely let's agree say the, with that. Yeah. Let's say the board. Oh, all right. So they've got a decision to make. Put yourself in their shoes. What would you do? Everybody, just give an opinion. Would you say sack him now? Which um, what uh, one of your friends, Dave Feb, said last night. He'd, he'd bite the bullet, was his exact words, and he'd get rid of Liam Manning now. Now, I said I wouldn't, because not because I'm a massive fan of Liam Manning, but because I think the timing's wrong. But, if you know, what, what do you think? Everybody, just give an opinion. Just say, yes, yeah, sack him now, or... You go or... first. I think the Swansea game's huge. I think we go into Swansea, we don't get a result at home. We control our destiny on the Swansea. We go to Ipswich, that's a difficult game at the best of times, third in the division. 
we, we're not in control of that. We're hoping we stay in that game. We're not expecting mass possession. We're hoping to get a result there. The Swansea game at home, they've won their last two Swansea after a difficult period. We control that destiny in that game, that Swansea game. We come out of that Swansea game without a result. We we lose that game and we lose on, on Tuesday. Then West Brom and Leicester. West Brom and Leicester. Well, we but got a week, if, we got if, a week if, off as well. Look at, if you look at the teams below us, okay, like I said at the start, last 10 games, the form table, we're 23rd. It's only Rotherham that is worse than us in the last 10 games. We are sleepwalking here into a situation. Right. By next weekend, that Saturday, because we play on the Sunday, don't we? We play on Mother and Sunday, don't we? Yeah, yeah 12.30. So... By Saturday night, we could easily be three points off relegation. Yeah, yeah. we could. Okay. Easily, because there's a number of teams on 48 points, on 38 points down there at the moment. Yeah. There's a lot of teams on 44 as well. Absolutely. But all of them have got better form than us at the moment, Ian. The only team that hasn't got better form than us is the team that's going down, Rotherham. Okay. All these other teams at the moment, over the last 10 games, I'm not talking about the last three, I'm talking about the last 10, have got better form than us and are performing better. We went and, you know, it's not like we've gone away to Leeds, away to Leicester and away to Ipswich, those three losses. You We're wouldn't You to, wouldn't sack him now? No. I want to wait right, until okay. Swansea. But if after Swansea, we don't get a result at Swansea... You, I, you'd sack him then? That's a crossroads moment for me. Yeah, Swansea's okay. a crossroads moment. Okay, Kronza. Tom? Similar boat. I, I think at the minute, I don't think the players believe in what Manning's doing. Okay, I so think that's right. I think that needs to change. I think there's a few that are starting to disagree. Uh, the thing that separated the teams that are down at the bottom and us is, I think, going back to the word arrogance, naivety maybe, but the way the teams below us, because that's what we're losing to at the minute, we're losing teams below us, but they play with a certain edge that we don't have. A, a certain realisation that they are fighting to stay in this yeah. league. We do not have that about our play at the minute. And we are entering that time where if it goes wrong and we lose Ipswich and teams below us start winning or picking up a point, we get closer, we get closer. And it'll come to a point where we're two points off relegation and we still don't have that edge of we have to win. Yeah. We have to win. Because we, we turn up, we go, right, OK, we're a mid-table team, we're safe. That's the way we're playing at the minute. Yeah, the yeah. teams below us are playing with that fight, that edge, that aggression that we completely do not have. And that's why we are getting walked over in these games. Yeah. And well, we're we're looking at, we're we're playing a mix of teams, aren't we? Because you would say that Swansea are mid-table like us, they're probably not looking. Yeah. So they might not play with that passion. That, Look that, at that, the, that, the teams that are playing with passion for different reasons. Ipswich yeah. going for yeah. auto now. Swansea, nah. That's a dog yeah. Though. West Brom going consolidating yeah. in the playoffs. Leicester yeah. fighting to get auto. Yeah. yeah? Plymouth away fighting to stay up. Sunderland away mediocre. Blackburn home mediocre. Yeah. 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 I just home. They're going to be fighting. Norwich away mediocre. Rotherham are done. Stoke away. I mean that game away I mean, at Stoke on the final day of the season. God help us if we have to go there. Can I just say anything. something? Right, Mark, your your right, comment. I think the club will look for two things. One, 
if we look under threat of relegation, say one or two points off the relegation places. And the second thing is if he, the, 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 the board think that the managers lost the confidence of the players. I think, you know, Matt's talked to the players, put the word around. If they feel he's lost the confidence of the players and they, they don't think he's the man to lead them, that, that, would, usually, that would usually be the end. The other mm. thing, of course, is we're not getting we're not getting hammered by teams. We're not we're not winning games. But those are the two things I look at. The club won't act unless they feel a direct threat of relegation. That'll be really dropping down, you know, perhaps just hovering one or two places above the relegation places, and lose feel that the that he's lost the dressing not lost the dressing room, but lost the players' confidence in his ability to lead as out of trouble. Those uh, two things I'd look at. Mark, I think that's a very good point that you make there. And Ian will go on about me and conspiracy theorists, but we all know that Gary Johnson was gotten rid of because the players knocked on the door of whoever was chairman at the time. Oh, it was Mr. Lansdowne and said, we've, we've got no respect for Gary Johnson after the famous Plymouth incident. But listening to the way Cal Naismith spoke at on when he was commenting on the Sheffield Wednesday game, which you've you've heard about that, Tommy. Downsy said yeah. to him, David, Downsy said to him, do you think they'll be building a statue for you? And he said, it'd be nice to make an appearance. Yeah, but I could see, I could see a situation where um, Naismith and Andy King, maybe even Matty James, will be knocking on a door and they will go above, this is conspiracy theory again, Go well, no, it's a, it's a subjective comment. Go above this is head and say, Mr. Chairman, this ain't working. I don't think you're right. Man. All right. I'm well, sorry. I'm I, agree. I agree with you. No, that is All right. Wouldn't, Dave, wouldn't, wouldn't happen of the century. No, All right. No. We know why the, the players went to um, Steve Lansdowne, and that was after that horrendous incident in the dressing room down at Plymouth where they threw physically threw Gary Johnson out of the dressing room right so don't liken that firstly you're never gonna have to do that with manning i'm not saying he, he's he's gonna he, he isn't gonna lose his rag i think he was um he was pretty annoyed after the sheffield wednesday game as were the fans that traveled up there i should imagine they were incandescent he's so no no nobody's saying it's great but what i'm saying is if if you want to fire him and some of our fans do Right. And I listen, I respect their opinion. If, if that's their view, then good. Good for you. Stick to it. Right. I yeah. just think I don't I don't care. To be honest, I've seen so many managers over the years come and go at this football club. And I've seen boards of directors come and go as well. But let's concentrate on the managers. Yeah. All right, Ian, just, I've seen just so quick, many come and go yeah. that then then you know, I don't care who the manager is. I just care. I just want us to win a few games of football. It'd be nice. All right. Well, let me ask you this, Ian. What? How will you feel on the last day of the season about the future under Manning if we finish? If we finish twentieth and we've escaped relegation by three points, right? Because I think yeah. you know, unless we turn it round, that is a highly likely scenario. Do you sort of then support the board? I mean, got away with that one. Right, let's believe in Manning. Or do you look at it and you think, Christ, that was a close call. we got to start all over again. What would you do? You've asked us what we would do. What would you do? If, if he keeps us up, I don't think you've got any alternative. 
but but to stay with him because he's the man you appointed now if he was the right man in october and you're saying well he's completely the wrong man in um may then you've made a shitty decision haven't you and yeah. the board would would get well the board are already getting pelters they get permanent pelters so they would get pelters for uh, doing it now if you retain him as some have said on air you have to give him exactly what he what exactly what he wants that we can afford within our budget so if he wants to use tom's analogy six or seven players then it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. That's what you give it. Now, I'm assuming in that six or seven, we're not including anybody that's already signed or here. Yeah. So I'm not including Stokes. I'm not including Murphy. I'm not including Taylor Gardner-Rickman. He wants six or seven on top of that. And we know at the end of the season that we could lose uh, Andy King, Matty James and Joe Williams. We know that because they're out of contract. So they could walk, get better to contract somewhere else. They might might want to change location. We don't know. So um, I think it, it's a question, really. I suppose it's an old, tired phrase, but back him or sack him. I mean, yeah. what Liam Manning don't want is the dreaded vote of confidence from John Lansdowne. Right. And Ian. And Ian. then after, after the next two games, do what Neil thinks and then fire him. Yeah, if but, we, so, so people on here are saying, yeah, he should be sacked. Then you've got somebody on here now saying, sack Manning, laugh out loud, mad. Yeah. So, right. so Ian, if we lose, what will you have? A, will you change your view because we've got an international break coming up? Look, God, we don't want it to happen. But if we were to lose three on the the next three, right, and they're not easy yeah. games. Yeah, Swansea is the easiest if there is an easy game in this division. And that would make it six in a row. And then you've got a week off to regroup before you play the top of the league. Would you hold a different view if we were to lose the next three in? Well, I'd have to see how we lost them. If we got if we got whacked four nil in two of them, yeah, I might hold a different view. Well, but no, I but still... if, we lost, if we lost the next three games, two one, nil one, one nil. Um my question would be who, who can you now who can you get which might be why the people saying make a change now are correct because if, who are you going to bring in i mean you've got people like warnock he's gone into aberdeen i don't think he's won a game yet has he no no so, he's, drawn a and he's lost the rest so right. so that, that's that's your go-to guy uh oh, sam allardyce is another one of the old possibly the old like name Gary Rowett or something like that it's what I call the usual, usual yeah, suspect. Ian, you're absolutely right. The usual suspect. Every manager has got a track record of failure somewhere. Any manager I'm, with a previous record, 90, no, nine, 75 out of 80 managers will have had a one on their CV that they don't want to talk about. Right. So we accept that the usual suspects. Mark, what would you? How will you feel in not it will put still, an interminable pressure on 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 the, the the board if he was to lose the next three if we were to get hammered because they think there's season tickets, but it would still be 
a very brave decision to sack a manager with what it would be eight games to no. go. Because no who do you bring in to sort it out? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to uh, so, maybe have to have a try. Sorry, chance. You're just sorry to butt in, but if, if sorry to butt in, Mark, but if you bring a new a new guy in, is he going to hit the ground running and sort it That's out? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's a very brave. I mean, it's, it's, there's no guarantees in football, but I mean, so so they have to look at Liam Manning and possibly have a meeting on on Monday morning. I know we got the game on Tuesday. Have a meeting on Monday morning. And say right. They could have spoken over the weekend, for all oh, we know, and 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 say, look, we've got a choice to make. We keep the guy and support him in the summer, or we get rid of him. And, no, and no, we pay instead of paying four managers, four ex-employees, we place we pay seven. Yeah, Tom. everyone knows Manning was a long-term yes. appointment, but I don't think the board anticipated him doing as poorly as he's done from the mid-season when he came in. I think everyone. He was brought in with the view for next season, but I thought the board probably thought we're going to be a mid-table team. The way we went about January and the way that we sort of introduced him, he, there was a lot of expectation put on Manning from the get-go from John Lansdowne, which was wrongly put in my opinion. Um, but I think everyone, there was an acknowledgement that yes, okay, this guy's here long-term. It's kind of a three and a half year deal. That's, not, that's quite a long deal in football nowadays for manager. You know, they don't last you know, two years most of the time. Mm. Three and a half is a big commitment to a guy. Now, it's clear the board like him and it's meant for next season. But saying that, I think the board have gone, uh, this is bad. They, they'll be, they're not stupid, the board. They will recognise this is really bad. 23rd form-wise in the last 10 games. That's mm. not a small number of games. It's quarter of the season. That's a quarter of the season. Yeah. And have you seen any progression from when he first came in with any player actually individually improving, have you seen an adaptation or realisation of Manning going, I've got this wrong. The thing that really annoyed me yesterday about Manning, he did the interview and he says, he says, players need to take on more responsibility. But yet at his time in the club, Manning has taken on zero responsibility for any defeat, in my opinion. He's not gone, I've got the tactics wrong today. There's no acknowledgement of that. It's I've given the players the information. Yeah. They've not used it correctly. Now, that is quite concerning for me. How are you supposed to build a long-term project where you all trust each other, you're all in this together, but it seems like currently it's like Manning versus the players. Manning's saying one thing, and the players are like, well, I'm trying to do that, but I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't so does really that mean, mean that the players lost confidence in Manning? I don't think they lost confidence, but I think there's a confusion and a bit of a disconnect, is the word I'd say, between how Manning is setting out his stall in press conferences and sort of shifting the blame onto players, then I've so done he's, he's not helping himself. He's not helping himself. Which is, which is what, which is what Cal Naismith said. Which is what Cal when Naismith said. When we, when a lot of stuff, you wouldn't have hear, heard him, but when a lot of stuff was going on at Sheffield Wednesday, he, he was saying things like, well, no, that, that wasn't the plan. Yeah. We can't keep doing that all the time. We said we do that every 10 minutes and we're doing it every minute. You can't keep doing it or it won't work. This isn't what we did in training. That's what, Cal Naismith was saying. Here's, here's, here, it, 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 you, you heard him same as I did. It. Here's a thing, right? Who do you bring in, right? When City got rid of Dennis Smith in the uh, tail end midway through, yeah, no, but I'm just saying. He, 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 three players kept us up that season. And it's what I said earlier Hazelwood, uh, Gary Shelton, and Russell. 
right? And the board gave those three, look it up, City fans, 92-93 season, or was it 90? No, 92-93 season it was, mm. yeah? Mm. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, 92-93, he let them run it, right? I'll be honest, I'll say this now, I wouldn't, I would have more confidence in Cal Naismith, because he ain't playing, Cal Naismith, Andy King and Matty James seeing out the balance of this season to lift the players, right? I'm not sure. No, right. <laughs> That's not the solution. But no, no. But if but if you bring in, Neil said about bringing in some, if they can him, right, because the pressure's going to build if we yeah. lose the next three, yeah. right? What are the options? Next two. Next, next two? two for me, yeah. No, next, next three. Yeah, no, next, next, next one, two, two for me. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, they're going to have, they're going to, so it's, it's, well, if we're here in a week's time, yeah. Well, in fact, it's a Sunday game, so we'll probably do Sunday it Sunday night. tea time. Sunday, Sunday tea time. We're here Sunday tea time next week on the back of two defeats. We are in serious, serious stick or twist territory. If we've yeah. lost, do you five, think we've, we, if we lost, we seem to have said, yeah, we seem to be saying the same. Yeah, we we are. There's no improvement in the next two games, and we're three points off relegation. Albeit there are a load of teams in and around there. Yeah. Um, if there's no improvement the next two games, that's when we're at the crossroads. I, I think Holden, Holden got sacked for losing six games in a row. That fact. Holden got sacked. Well, Johnson didn't get sacked for losing eight games in a row, didn't he? Exactly. They? So, for, for me, there was an acknowledgement from the board that Holden was the wrong appointment. And I worry, my fear is with Manning, is that the board have invested so much into him that... To <coughs> openly sack him would be a massive. We've really got this wrong. And, and so how do they say face? Badly. How are they going to say face? Well, no. Should we just say? Should we just say and conclude this podcast? Because I think we've, Roycey, an hour and three quarters is say that we hope that that we look forward to better times. That the teams play positively on Tuesday in the next few games, and we move up the table. Uh, and we start talking positively, then let's, yeah. let's wind things up. Very good, Ian. Uh, Mark, I mean, sorry, very good. Mark, uh, Ian, sorry, any final? Oh, Christ. I haven't lost it. I haven't lost it. Henry, I oh, know I'm, I'm, I'm seriously affected by Henry's, Henry's, uh, Henry's comment. No, I did have a very nice fish and chip supper in Noah's down in Cumberland Basin. Strongly recommend that there with a glass of uh, this episode of... has been brought to you by <laughs> Noah's no well I died right. a couple of times I've, I've been in there recently but no I haven't been drinking um <laughs> Ian Ian it's a non-denial denial is it yeah you get um, yeah that's, you... that really sounded like a non-denial denial yeah uh Ian final word from you final word from <laughs> me um as I as I, as I said as I said <laughs> As I've said, we've got uh, the board have got a, a decision to make. They changed the manager. Um, according to some people, he's out of his depth, although he went out of a, his depth three weeks ago. It wasn't. Um, so I'd love to see us. Uh, I'd love to see us do well. But unfortunately, uh, it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. Right, like, can we wind um, up now? There's the comments on the side. Right, I just like to say, I just like to say, we have a record number of people listening, listening live. No surprise there. And we we had an extra ad in there this week because, as you know, we're part of the Talksport fan network. And they contacted me this week and said, "Can you read this script for three McDonald's ads?" And Mel said to me, "You sound far too old to be voicing up 
uh, a McDelivery ad. So I got my uh, step-granddaughter, Little Mel. She's the voice of the three McDonald's ads that you hear in uh, in this episode. Uh, but uh, there we go. Uh, Neil and Tom, Mark and Ian, uh, it's been, uh, it's, it's probably one of the longest episodes we've ever done. Yeah. So it's a crossroads period, isn't it? I think we all yeah. agree we're at a bit of a crossroads. And yeah. hopefully after Swansea, I can be here Swansea uh, Sunday evening. And it's like three points. We're on 47. We've broken the back. And we can have a positive conversation. We can. We can. But uh, everybody, thank you. Amen to that, brother. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, I will edit out the, uh, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, there'll be no swearing in there. If you yeah, are otherwise you're going to be known it, as Dave, you're going to be known forever. It's there. It's there. Yeah, that's two, two episodes. This is about episode number 249. And I think we've only sworn twice. And that was Ian last week and me this week. But, uh, but yeah. there we go. But everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for all your text comments. And, uh, We'll speak to you all again on Wednesday morning. All the best, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, my wife's going to kill me if I don't. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bubba-bubbing along When Richard Robbins come bubba-bubbing along Along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.